Hello everybody, I'm Matt Mikuchi and you are listening to the Jazz's podcast. everybody, Jazz is online editor Matt Mikuchi here, welcoming you to a new episode of our podcast series of conversations with some of the most amazing artists on the jazz and creative music scene today, a series that we simply like to call The Jazz is Podcast, and is brought to you in conjunction with Jazz is Vinyl Club, a series of vinyl compilations carefully curated by the Jazz is editors, and that is an absolute must for lovers of jazz and vinyl alike. And today we'll be speaking with pianist composer Christina Galisadis, a rising star in the world of jazz and improvised music. With a musical upbringing and a deep love for expression cultivated through classical piano training and orchestra experience, she has quickly become a force to be reckoned with. Her artistic journey is marked by an unwavering pursuit of honesty, simplicity and beauty, whether performing or composing. Her debut album, Without Night, is a reflection of her wholehearted embrace of making music solely for herself. In this episode, we'll dive into the creative process behind this remarkable album, its music and heartfelt lyrics, as well as its striving themes and concepts with the artist herself. So fire up an audio teeny and listen to the audio waves as they fly through the air. This is Christina Galisadis on the Jazz's podcast. Hi, Christina. Welcome to the Jazz's podcast. Hi. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, it's a real pleasure uh, for us to have you on. And uh, I'm looking forward to speaking about you, your journey in music, your album Without Night. And um, mm-hmm. but first of all, uh, you know, the way we like to start these podcasts is by breaking that proverbial ice by asking the artists that I speak with to kind of share an early memory of theirs that when they think back to it, they realize maybe that's when I first started thinking about embarking on this journey in music now i understand that you kind of come from a musical family right so it might be a little difficult for you but is there a moment that like i said kind of stands out to you mm. yeah that's a that's a good question um you're right that i think it's a little bit different because i came or come from a musical family um i think because of that it felt a bit more like a collection of different moments over time that continue to reinforce this idea that I developed at a pretty young age that music was really important to me. I started playing piano or taking piano lessons when I was about five. And um, it was something that I was pretty immediately drawn to. My parents always joked about how they never had to do the stereotypical parent thing of trying to make sure I was practicing. It was it was something I was always looking forward to. Um, and I think that continued and um yeah it it was just a series of of various like affirming moments um one set of moments that I think was impactful was um going to the Stanford Jazz Workshop as a student sometime in high school 
that was the first time that I had seen um, other young people engaged with this kind of music. And it was also some of my like more early and more substantial introduction into jazz music. And both those things in conjunction with each other were really, really important to my development. I was so inspired by not only like the faculty, which is which was incredible and continues to be amazingly inspiring to me, but also the other students there and, and the peers um, who, yeah, just just at that age were so committed to to this music. And yeah, so I, I think it's it's hard to choose a moment, but there were a lot of moments in that camp. There were a lot of moments just like playing piano on my own writing music on my own, um, yeah. like playing in school, playing with other people, um, that all just kind of continued to affirm over time that this was what I was wanting to do. Uh, right. And actually, this is something else that I read about you is that not only did you start taking piano lessons when you were, you know, from a very early age, you mentioned five years old, but that you almost immediately experimented with composition and improvisation as you first learned to play the instrument. Now, did composition and improvisation kind of come natural to you in that way? Yeah, you know, it did to some extent. I think it's, you know, as as early as I was learning, like how to put my fingers on the keyboard and was learning the, the first, you know, it's hard to call them songs, but the first like exercises that you learn when you're that age, I was always interested in just continuing to like explore other things on my own. Um, yeah, it, it's something that maybe did come naturally to some extent. Although to be clear, it's something I've like been quite intentional about over the years, developing further. <laughs> um, right. Yeah, but. and uh, that leads us then eventually to "Without Night," which is kind of you know a culmination of that journey up to this point, and we'll talk about that in a moment. But I was also curious to ask you that at some point the French horn entered the picture. Is that right? That's right. Yeah. Um, the French horn entered the picture in middle school when I was wanting to take part in the like middle school music program. And there wasn't a place to do that as a pianist um, at, in the middle school that I was at. And so my dad encouraged me to, yeah, to, to try learning a, an instrument that could be played in a school ensemble, like in band. My dad's a trumpet player and I don't know. For some reason, I was pretty drawn to brass instruments. I knew that I didn't want to play trumpet because he was playing trumpet. I actually wanted to play trombone, but I was discouraged from doing so because I was small and my arms were not quite that long. Right, <laughs> um, yeah. And so French horn was, I, I, I honestly don't fully remember exactly why beyond that I chose French horn. Um, but that's also something that I grew to, or not grew to, I pretty immediately loved. Um, it was so different the way that I was engaging with it compared to how I was engaging with piano, which at the time was a lot more solitary. But with French horn, you know, I started playing in youth orchestra and 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 continued to do that throughout high school. And um, playing in a large ensemble like that was such a uh, an amazing experience musically, and I think really has continues to inspire the music that I write today. Yeah. And you mean in terms of also style? Yeah, I think definitely stylistically. I think also just in terms of how I 
hear melodies. I think learning to play an instrument that is only melodic, like you, you can only play one note at a time, I think allowed me to compartmentalize a little bit and, and just consider melodies as their own like individual entities and as opposed to being a part of something bigger, which of course they are. But I think that kind of isolation with thinking about melody led me to be to want to be a bit more intentional about the melodies that I'm with, I'm then writing that are part of a bigger thing. Um, I'm always thinking with melodies about the extent to which it can, you know, quote unquote, stand on its own with nothing else, with no other musical elements. And I think that's something that largely I, you know, might have developed an interest in because of playing French horn. Uh, we were talking about how uh, one shapes one's music uh, and it's all just a culmination of a journey. Uh, and without night, you know, when I was listening to it, I really could f feel that it is a very strong uh, album where uh, that affirms uh, compositional and artistic identity. Uh, and then I read about it that it kind of emerged from your decision to create music that was true to yourself, uh, free from mm -hmm. external expectations. Wh what does that mean to you? And what are the challenges that kind of get in the way, uh, that could get in the way of that level of honesty in, uh, when one makes music? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, a big part of that, I think, came from just being a woman in the kind of extended genre of jazz and creative improvised music. Um, I think that there are a lot of, you know, different expectations that have come out of that and, and, and things are continuously getting better thanks to a lot of amazing work that, that people are doing every day. Um, but I think that there's this pressure for non male musicians to prove that they can do what the male musicians can do, which a lot of times might come in the form of playing really like fast and really loud and like really technically playing really technically challenging things, which I think is, there's nothing inherently wrong with that. I was just finding over the past couple of years that playing music in that way in this kind of improvised setting yeah, it, it did. It it wasn't feeling quite honest to me. Um, I think it it was also coming from just some sort of uh, desire to get back to what I was really experiencing as like beautiful music, which I think in a lot of cases it does come from my experience um, engaging with Western classical music, and so yeah, a big part of that was just letting go of that 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 kind of pressure to make sure that my music was complicated enough to be taken seriously, um, both in the compositional elements, but also in the performance of it. And just really just allowing myself to just write and play what I was, what I personally experienced as just being pretty. Um, and, you know, it's, it's, that's, that experience is different for everyone. And, and I'm by no means am criticizing music that is has a lot more technical aspects, but it's just what was what was and continues to feel honest to me. 
Right. In other words, it's more you. And when you mention the word pretty, does it have uh, any, you know, links with the melody you mentioned earlier? Melody is very important to you. Yeah, that's that's a great question. I think you're exactly right that have, in, ensuring that there's always a focus on melody is is a huge part of the way that I've been orienting as a composer. I think in addition to that, it's really important to me that the music feels personal in some way, um, that it's coming from some inner place of, you know, just, just a desire for expression. And, and that's something that I found easier to do once I was relinquishing myself of those kind of external pressures to write things that were really complicated or imp impressive in some way. I always look to the sky The track you are hearing is from Without Night, the debut album by Christina Galesares, available now on Slow and Steady Records. We'll talk more about the album in a moment, but first, I wanted to remind you that if you love jazz and vinyl, you should check out Jazz A's Vinyl Club, a series of vinyl compilations carefully curated by the Jazz A's editors and featuring some of the most exciting jazz artists from yesterday and today that we cover in the print version of Jazz A's, jazzes.com and these jazzes podcasts go to jazzes.com and click on join vinyl club but for now back to our conversation with Christina Galizares so uh there's the musical side of it, but then there's also the words. Uh, you know, lyrical storytelling is prominent in this uh, album. And I wanted to ask you about that, about the incorporation of this lyrical storytelling. How do you feel this uh, layer enhanced the album's uh, themes, uh, including the ones that we discussed? You know, sometimes I, I almost think it was almost audacious of me to have these songs be the one that were on my first album because they were actually like the, the first set of songs that I ever wrote with lyrics, it came out of, I, yeah, I think it was just, I was, I was wanting to express things and I found that um, I found it really hard to avoid like the subject matter that I was working from with the introduction of lyrics. Um, and, you know, I, I, I found it to be a very therapeutic experience where I felt like I was discovering things through the process of writing lyrics and, and writing music with lyrics. Um, and that continues to be the case. So I felt like it almost, it allowed me to get deeper into, you know, these kinds of personal, like, explorations that I was wanting to translate into music in some way. And I guess the hope is that that comes across in some way to listeners, um, just that it, you know, it, it makes it a bit more direct as to what's being expressed and what the story is behind behind all the songs. As a matter of fact, you know, I, I mentioned that to me, it really felt like a, a very strong and uh, powerful, uh, you know, artistic statement, personal artistic statement. But of course, uh, you know, in order to achieve a, a certain level of quality uh, in the music and in just the 
general creation, you know, it's important to find the right people <laughs> to share the journey with, right? And creating a, a project like uh, Without Night. So how do you go about selecting the musicians for it? Uh, and how did the strong connection between you and, and the other musicians contribute to the album's unique sound? Yeah, that's such a wonderful question. And I'm, I'm glad that you brought that up because I, I really do feel like the other musicians played such an important role in in the way that the music ended up sounding. Ultimately, the way that this group of musicians came together, well, I, I had a show at a place in Los Angeles called Sam First a couple months before we recorded the album. And I was actually just choosing musicians and instrumentation that I was interested in exploring for this particular show without knowing that it was going to end up being what we what I used, I guess, for the album. And I was really just thinking about individual voices that I was interested in putting together in some way. I think the common thread between these individual voices was people who, in my experience playing with them in the past, demonstrated some sort of like inclination to play sensitively and in a way that felt like it was prioritizing whatever the music was trying to do. Um, and I felt like all of the musicians on this uh, who played on this record are that. It really feels like, you know, no one was trying to, no one was coming into that recording session or, or any of the performances with a desire to just to show off or anything like that or, or to play any sort of, I guess, like, yeah, it just felt like everyone was super generous musically. And, um, and that's something that I think contributed to the overall sound of the record where it felt like everyone was listening to each other. Everyone was, was making decisions constantly that were all in service of trying to express these songs. And um, I, I feel really lucky to have this particular group of mus- musicians, musicians, excuse me, um, play, play this music. And in terms of kind of uh, being able to communicate what the music stands for and achieving that kind of, you know, uh, atmosphere that you wanted for it. Uh, how does that work? Do you share conversations with them? Because, you know, uh, we talked about the importance of themes too. Uh, some of them are quite profound. Uh, others are personal. Uh, is there any conversations that you have that are even beyond maybe the music uh, theoretical aspect? You know, with with some of the people, uh, a few of the, let's see, to, to varying extents, like some of these musicians are some of the closest relationships that I have in my life. And I think in those cases, these themes are things that come up or have had come up anyway. Um, And so the music then being written, you know, is kind of not unspoken, but it's like there's context there. And and it's been kind of an extension of conversations that we had had. And I think beyond that, there is something about the music and like the compositional elements almost uh, communicating that by itself, I guess it's it's maybe a trite example, but um, most of the songs don't follow a the most typical form in the sense of playing the melody once and then having different people solo over the melody form and then go back and play the melody again. And I think that you know coming from a jazz background and having the rest the other musicians um, as well. I think that very clear departure from that form indicated in some way like, oh, okay, this is this is doing something slightly different and 
maybe then listening to just like how we were, how I was playing the music and um, reading the lyrics and things like that. I, I, I imagine informed the way that they were thinking about these things. But, but to answer your question a bit more simply, no, there wasn't a whole lot of communication about the themes of the music and like exactly very explicitly what I was, what I was coming to the music with. Uh, speaking of, uh, you know, we talked a lot about your journey up to this point, uh, culminating with without with the release of Without Night. Where do you see it taking you then in the future? Are there some concepts that you are fascinated with that you'd like to explore further? Yes, that's a great question. Um, because while I'm I'm very proud of Without Night, and it's something that I I hold very close to me. I also feel like musically, I've grown since then. And I'm really excited about the music that I've kind of the, the, the way that the music has been coming out lately. Um, I've actually started singing the music that I've been writing. And I'd say that the music has a bit more influence from like the songwriter side of things um, than Without Night does. And yeah, I, I've been really enjoying exploring that more and, and just exploring songwriting as an art and then getting to sing the songs myself. Um, I think that it's it's allowed me to get even closer to that connection between writing the music and performing the music and expressing what was being explored in the writing process. Um, so yeah, the, all the I, I'm working on another album now and I think there's certainly common threads just in the sense that my voice itself probably hasn't changed very uh, drastically, but I think the music has a bit different of an orientation. Well, it sounds fascinating, Christina, and we will certainly watch this space. But in the meantime, I thank you very much for joining us. It's been a great conversation. Thanks very much. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. It was lovely talking to you. enjoyed my conversation with Christina Galisades. Her new album, Without Night, is available now on Slow and Steady Records. And if you love jazz and vinyl, be sure to check out our Jazz Is Vinyl Club. Join the club and we will send you four premium limited edition color vinyl albums mailed directly to you. Just go to jazzis.com and click on Join Vinyl Club for more. And as music from Without Night by Christina Galisades plays us out, I encourage you to keep an eye out for more Jazz podcasts, our print magazine, and other great content available to you on our regularly updated website, jazzes.com. And if you like what you see, you can always subscribe for more. Till the next time, this is Matt Mikuchi signing off. See you soon. Mm-hmm.